Welcome to another episode of the Creative on Purpose broadcast, conversations about finding fulfillment through more meaningful work. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Creative on Purpose, available on Amazon, or visit BeCreativeOnPurpose.com to get started with free chapters. Let's meet today's guest. Dr. Robert Zeitlin, welcome to the broadcast. Please introduce yourself and share a project you're currently working on or excited about. Thank you, Scott. I'm so excited to be here. Um, my name is Dr. Robert Zeitlin, and I'm a positive psychologist and a parenting expert, uh, author of Laugh More, Yell Less, A Guide to Raising Kick-Ass Kids. And a project that I'm currently working on is in response to the Me Too and now the Never Again movement, um, how we can connect the energy that's coming from youth and women and girls with the people who are in power who tend to be not <laughs> youth and women and girls, but tend to be men, uh, tend to be men that may actually look like us. Uh, <laughs> and how can we um, create a synergy between those that need to speak up and those that are finding their voice and men who listen? Wow, that is uh, that is a really exciting sounding project. So, I mean, obviously the um, the Me Too movement is in the news, and it's kind of all around us. It's it permeates um, social media and a lot of just uh, around the cooler conversations at work. I'm sure um, I wouldn't know because I don't work, uh, <laughs> but um, you you know. How is it that you decided that this was going to, because I, I've known you for several years now and you and I both have gone through many different um, changes in um, uh, the way that we, or the work that we do, even though we're essentially um, sort of the same people working in, in um, the same domains that we've always worked. How, how did, how did you decide that this was going to be your next direction? Um, well, I can say that in a second, but first of all, the contention that you don't work, having seen <laughs> you in action for the last couple of years, um, you, you know that you don't work as much as I don't work, and uh, you're one of the hardest working men in show business. So um, how, did, how did I get around to this? Um, I followed um, the, the dots that were laid out in front of me, um, you know, sort of in the style of the alchemist, uh, reading the signs and connecting with not just uh, what's put in front of me, but also what's out there in the universe. Um, at my core, I'm an advocate for kids. And um, I've been a psychologist working with kids and teenagers for almost 20 years now. Um, it wasn't enough for me to work with the child or the adolescent that is in front of me. I needed to go beyond that to the systems in which they live. And then I, I caught this bug a few years back, thanks to our, both of our gurus, Seth Godin and, and others, um, to work upstream and to become uh, an advocate for better parenting practices. And so that's why I wrote Laugh More, Yell Less, which is trying to boil down some of the more positive and inspirational research and methods out there, mindfulness, positive psychology, et cetera, in a way that inspires parents. There's way too much shaming going on. There's way too much bragging and falsehood going on. So uh, I wrote the book. I began a, a community on Facebook. We can talk about it in a minute. Now I'm, I'm hitting on this theme that um, working with men and boys for almost 20 years, including my research and my dissertation, I'm realizing there's an opportunity here for men and boys not just to be sidelined and also for parents of men and boys not just to be sidelined and sort of wringing their hands. How can they respond 
to everything that's going on, but actually um, giving them some tools and some first steps so they can raise more men who listen. It's again, it's a fantastic idea because I mean, I know I, for one, just, um, you know, when this all started coming to the forefront, <laughs> I'm, I just was completely unaware that there was a problem. And I actually said so to my wife, like, I just, I've never, you know, I've never witnessed this, seen this, uh, been around this. Um, and then she let me know, <laughs> you know, that this, this is really a problem. And then, so if you are a person that, um, you know, attempts to develop their empathetic muscle and, and, you know, wants to do something as a man, we are really, um, at a disadvantage for how, how to respond because there's no, there's no clear template. There's no clear path. There's no clear uh, set of best practices for us to follow. So tell us a little bit about, about the work itself. And is it primarily focused at boys and not men? Um, and, and then, you know, men come to it through, through the work with boys and, and what are the tools um, and concepts that you're, you're supplying them with? Yeah, it's, it's sort of, um, it's originally directed at parents uh, who moms have come to me for uh, a couple of decades now, wringing their hands, trying to figure out what to do, raising not just their boy, but how to raise a man um, because they didn't grow up men and they are confused by some of the things that their boys are spinning off. Um, but the message that I'm, that I'm sending and the project that I'm working on is directed at both boys and men um, and parents of boys and men, but, but specifically, like you said, I think there are many men out there who do listen, um, many men out there who think they're listening and think they're contributing and, and um, putting a shoulder to the wheel. But if you, if you took maybe the perspective of the women in their life or uh, their coworkers, they may actually see them as maybe bystanders, um, not necessarily adding into anything that's uh, making a toxic workplace or a toxic culture, but not necessarily doing anything to help it. So I think, like you said, there's, there's not a game, uh, game plan or a, um, a book for how we can, as men who get it, um, help. And so um, as much as this is a conversation for parents on how to raise a man who listens, it's also giving some first steps for men like us who want to help but are confused first of all, by the whole movement, but once we get it, like, what do we do next? Right. And, and just before I, 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 we go any further, is there a place currently where people can, can learn more about your work in this, this project? So this project is really uh, under construction right now. Um, I'm starting to, uh, last couple of pieces I've written on Medium, and I can give you links for them, um, have addressed this question following the Parkland shooting in Florida, whether or not uh, manhood is broken um, and what exactly this means for men and boys. Um, so I've started to speak about that, but, but mostly when you ask me about a project, um, I'm out speaking right now on this topic and developing uh, pieces, but also building up towards uh, a TEDx talk that I'm delivering in May on this topic. Congratulations. So at that Fantastic. point, thank you. That that point I'll definitely have uh, a link to share, um, but at this point it's sort of, I would call it under construction. Well, and so um, when we're done, please, uh, in the comments below, just share the links to your medium pieces um, and, uh, and also maybe a, a link to your, to your personal website or to the book, book site, just so people have a way to connect with you. Um, Robert also has a really fantastic Facebook page called um, 
parents like us uh, that's that's really worth checking out. So as I'm thinking about your project and my work uh, in creativity and kind of I, I see so a bunch of intersections and so I, I've stuck some pins in. I'm just going to start um, pull, pulling on some threads here. Um, so we're a big part of of creativity, I think, and, and coming up with innovative innovative perspectives and solutions to difficult problems is that first we have to identify the enemy, which is certainty and confidence, like certainty that we know what's going on and confident that we have, you know, the right, the right uh, solution to, to the problem. And instead to uh, come at these things with um, kind of a posture and mindset of curiosity, like what's what's really going on here and then the courage to start engaging with finding a solution um which means probably saying and and doing a lot of things that that end up not working case in point i didn't know there was a problem when i found out there was a problem i asked and was it was made very clear to me that this is a, a very serious problem um and you know of course once once you do that you, you start to um to 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 wonder how to address it but of course in having some of those conversations i mean some people say to me are you an idiot are you know have you had your head in the ground for the last you know 50 years you can't you don't you know and that sort of thing um so that that part of it is really interesting to me that you know the the spirit of approaching something with that curiosity and that courage and then how and then and then the prototyping like how how do you start testing um possible perspectives or solutions so what are what is what are some of the things um along those lines that you that you've been sharing and maybe, yeah, sure. maybe these are shared in the medium articles um no i think the medium articles are actually a product of that process but um you're talking about uh, the 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 conversation you've been having about courage and 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 curiosity um, has obviously resonated very much with me. Like you said in the introduction, we're cut from similar cloth in terms of both coming at these entrepreneurial directions and and asserting new things and and playing them out in public in a way that is contrary to some of the impulses that we have on the inside, which is reaching a conclusion very quickly you know, listening to our resistance and shutting things down, uh, remaining open to those things is a daily process that requires a lot of work on your part, on my part, on other creatives' part. Um, and iterating, iterating and prototyping is probably the peak of that challenge for me, which has always been um, a, uh, a thing that has been top line for my resistance to shut down. And so when I was uh, asked to give this TED talk uh, in a few months. Uh, the idea of getting out and speaking to groups and honing this message or trying out this material, sort of like a comedian goes on the road in small clubs, um, became priority one. So the option, um, you know, it used to strike me with terror, the question that you asked before of like, where can we, where's this finished product? Like I, I need to like stay up and finish this product and have something complete to offer the world because otherwise not only just not only will they pull it threads, but they'll, they'll destroy it. You know, they'll knock it down. But the, the courage to stay open and to understand this as a creative ongoing process. I'll give you an example. Last week, 
And as you know, and as your listeners know, and other creatives know, creativity sort of ebbs and, and whatever uh, draws back. And, and there's moments where the muse hits, you know, you, you wake up and you do your daily process, but sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. The last couple of weeks, I've been on a little bit of a creative spike and um, been writing things. And in fact, I would say even getting to the point where things are starting to write through me, like it's getting to the point where I had to write something to get it out of my head because if I didn't, I was getting a little crazy. Um, and then about a week ago, maybe a few days ago, I hit one of those lulls and um, I'm currently in one of those lulls. And I've had several of these since you and I met a couple of years ago, Scott, and um, they used to freak me out. They used to scare the crap out of me because you know, would I ever have another idea? Would I ever put words together that make sense to anyone? You know, it becomes a catastrophic kind of event when in fact, it's something that comes and it goes. You know, there are moments of creative spikes and there's moments of creative lulls. And I've learned a little better how to breathe through it and to weather the, if not the storm, you know, the calm uh, and treat it as the calm before the storm and that there's more coming. And so last week um, I got an email saying, can you send us a draft of your TED talk? And I thought, I, I don't have a, a draft of my TED talk. You know, I have ideas, I have sort of an outline, but like a 19 minute talk, you know, that's, that's a lot of words. And, um, and I want it to evolve and grow and remain curious and, and open and creative. So um, I, it would have freaked me out uh, six months ago or a year ago, but now I'm kind of like, send an email. I said, I don't have it yet. I'm working on it, but just like, let it come when it's going to come. I can't force it. So yeah. I have, uh, I frequently say to myself, stop pushing the river. <laughs> um, you only and, get wet and muddy and right. nothing ever changes. Right. The, the, the river does not care. The river <laughs> is, is not, is not your servant. Um, and so you, you said a couple things that I think uh, worth uh, unpacking just a little bit. One is this idea. And I, I um, frequently uh, cite this quotation by Somerset mom, which is in response to being asked if he writes every day, or if he asks if he writes when he's inspired, he says, well, I, I, I only write when inspired. Fortunately, inspiration shows, shows up every morning at 9am with the implication being that's when he sits down to start working. Right. Um, but your point is well taken. And, and I, I go through similar um, kind of phases of, you know, I, I, where I can't stop the words from coming and then points at which I just don't know if I'm even doing something that's saying something that's worth being said. Um, <clears throat> but, um, and, and the other thing that, that came to mind was, you know, when we start talking about, well, we, we have to engage our curiosity and our courage to address this problem that needs solving. That's, speaking to your work, almost flying in the face of what most of us think manhood is all about. Manhood is about being certain and about being confident. Um, and, uh, you know, so that part of it presents, I just think, just its own challenge. And so this idea that we, um, the, the, the idea that leaps to mind is to just keep learning by doing. Like, you don't have to have the answer you can have, you can, you just create an answer and say, hey, 
this is, I, I made this, you know, what do you think of this um, type of idea? But um, the, the other thing is that comes to mind is, you know, when the importance of community and collaboration, because we are all going to go through this dip or this period of, of fallowness when, you know, the ideas aren't coming or we don't necessarily, we can't, we just can't bring up the courage to um, ship something that maybe is actually good enough um, for right now. And so I know that, that you have um, a community and that um, you have collaborators, um, you know, official and unofficial. So talk, talk, speak a little bit to, to the importance of that part of it. Sure. The, um, the idea of um, here I made this, you know, also flies in, in the face of manhood. You know, it's like, there's, that's asking, it's asking, you know, asking is really challenging. Asking and listening are things that we aren't necessarily trained to do early on, at least our generation of men. Um, fortunately, I think things are changing, but um, community and collaborators are simply everything. You know, when, when you're in that down, down uh, energy moment, um, knowing that there are people there who will tell you it's okay, if not pick you up, um, changes the game. You know, it is a major game changer. And, and you're one for me, Scott, and there's several others. And, and the fact that we're part of a community, we're very fortunate to have a number of people who get that. Um, but I'm also thinking, you know, there are times where I lead groups or facilitate and I throw out a question and there's general silence. And when you said there's, um, you know, there's moments where the words aren't coming. Um, I've, I've learned to view that silence as sort of the building tension, you know, the, the water before it boils, you know, there's a, there's a moment where if we're doing the daily practice as Somerset mom suggested, um, there's times where we're planting seeds and we don't see the sprouts coming up, but the roots are definitely growing and taking hold. We just can't see the product of that. And so, the opportunity to reflect off others, the, the communities that we uh, function in that allow us and, and, and support us to keep going are the ones who say, you know, it'll sprout, don't worry. You know, it's under there, you, you're doing the work, it'll happen. And um, that's something I didn't used to have. And it's something I can't imagine doing what I'm doing now without. Yeah, so I, and you, we've, we've hit these two words um, or hit around them twice now. And the first is tension, which is the, the ability to embrace silence, to embrace a period of inert, inertness. And instead of um, letting that cause us anxiety, uh, the, 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 the tension of not knowing the answer. Um, and instead of um, having that create anxiety or give us an excuse to continue to do nothing, um, it's if we can instead see it as uh, as a tool that can actually increase engagement that can um, serve almost as a compass for you know the direction that we're we're, we're needing to go in, in that moment, and then vulnerability because as you just indicated, you know, this idea that um, men of our generation in particular don't say, hey, I made this, you know, what do you think? Because that is an expression of a lack of confidence or a lack of certainty. Um, so I love that. And um, the, the whole idea of, you know, leaping and the net will appear type of 
of thinking, you know, just having to adopt that as a default posture in the way that you are walking and engaging and, and being in the world. And, you know, one of the things that I love about the Me Too movement is that it's, it, it is getting people, especially a population that has um, experienced, you know, disenfranchised, being dis disenfranchised and being boxed into a world of not their choosing. Um, it encourages them to stand up and be seen and speak up and, and be heard. And the fact that that population is doing it is so inspi I mean, I just, it, it inspires me for sure, but I mean, it's, it's so inspiring just as a, a culture, you know, that we have everything we need thanks to the intertubes and everything else to, to raise our voice and to stand up and deliver. Um, and people, I mean, we have the potential to, connect and it's through that 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 change happens so i'm just rambling i don't think there's a no, question there i just <laughs> I, think, I think i i'm i'm similarly inspired uh attending the women's march in philadelphia a month or so ago um uh, you know I'm, i we've both we've both been around long enough to see movements come and go we've seen rage and excitement come and then fizzle and everyone gets busy and does something else. And the idea that these movements are enduring and building off of each other creates this moment, very exciting moment um, where uh, I think some change can happen. And, and um, I, I think it needs to be infused with a lot of the principles that you're talking about right now, which are again, counter to a lot of the training that men have, you know, being open, vulnerable, curious, uh, speaking up, just asking, listening. These are um, a set of skills that we need in our leaders uh, and, our, and our leaders coming up. Um, it's, it's great their voices are being heard. There's, there's a conversation to be had. And um, I, can't, I can't remember a time that I've been alive. I've heard of movements before, you know, when I was younger, but it's a very exciting time where that conversation can be starting. Well, and, and what you just said brought to mind this, that in asking for help, in, in the act of asking for help, in the act of saying, I, I, do you have any ideas? Because I, I don't have an answer. You, you empower somebody else to be a hero. You empower some, you give them the power to be your leader, to be your mentor, to um, have an impact on your life. And that that's an extraordinarily gen, generous act you know it, it sounds like you're asking for a favor when in fact you are presenting somebody with um you know an invaluable an invaluable gift interesting i'm gonna okay so i've got like six blog post ideas coming <laughs> this conversation um so You've got the TEDx talk coming up, um, and you're doing some um, some some work around this. So, with the, just the last five minutes, um, I, I'd like to definitely just touch on um, parents like us yeah. and, and that that part of your project where people can um, start to connect with you right away. Sure. And here, I um, I will admit that uh, friends and colleagues like you have inspired me. Um, 
I think for uh, the first year that we that we knew each other, I saw you um, connecting dots, moving slightly on the board, but sort of steadily plotting in a direction. And at the same time, I went like this and like this, and then took back and and I was moving around so let's call it mercurially, you know, to be as generous as possible. Um, although others have said they saw a path, I, I didn't see it. Um, that by the end of the year, your book had come out and you had um, uh, clarified a, a mission and a purpose and a direction. And um, so I reflected on that last August um, and thought um, about when your book came out. And I think it directly inspired by you, I thought, there's a community that's not happening right now for parents. Um, there's plenty of places, there's mom blogs, there's Instagram, Pinterest everywhere where you can post how, how perfect your life is. Um, and the water cooler that you don't work around, the, the theoretical water cooler that the internet provides gives you tons of places to complain about your kids and complain about your life. But neither of those are real talk and neither of those are the kind of honesty that parents really need so they can move forward and actually raise the kick-ass kids that we're gonna need. And so if it's not out there, sometimes you gotta build it. And what I did was I started a community called Parents Like Us, which is a Facebook community that is a no BS, no shaming, uh, opportunity to brag about it, opportunity to talk about when you effed up, opportunity to ask real questions and um, the community really seems to be responding and kind of vibing and finding its way. Um, but similar to like, like what I said about ins being inspired by you, Scott, I think I gave it about a, a nine month, you know, I'm going to stick with this and be in one place so people can find me. Right. And I can be that parenting expert, which is, you know, a word that I struggle to, to adopt, but I, but I take on now um, and form this community, infuse it with positivity um, be uh, a beacon and a lighthouse for parents to come together so they can get this no BS, no shaming opportunity to help raise the kids they're trying to raise. Yeah, that's it. Well, and it's a fantastic community and, and you're doing really great work there. I appreciate all, all the kind words um, uh, put in my direction as well. And it's, it's, it's been really fascinating to continue to follow your post-Alt-MBA journey, along with many others that, that I've remained um, close and connected with. And yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, when I look back my, at my path, um, I don't necessarily see what you see in terms of connecting the dots. Um, and by the same token, when I look at yours, I was like, oh, it's, you know, this is just Robert <laughs> doing, you know, becoming more Robert-like. Um, this is why we need each other. <laughs> right, exactly. But, and it, isn't it, I, I'll just close with this thought. The thing that I'm, I'm in the middle of um, the, the marketing seminar, another Seth Godin program, and going through it for the second time. And um, I've been asked to um, take a kind of a leadership role within this session and uh, provide additional feedback to people that that are needing a boost and I it, it's the implication being I'm giving really good feedback and I'm 
really be, being insightful um, about people's projects and showing them things that they don't see for themselves within their work. And then at the same time, I'm in there getting my butt handed to me because I am certain and confident that I am on the right path. And then somebody says, but I don't get it, Scott. I don't even know who, you know, what you're, what, what's on offer here. <laughs> um, it's just that, you know, that. And, and here's the beautiful thing about that, Scott, you know, the more times we go through this, right. Where we realize we're getting our butt kicked by the resistance, or we can't figure out our next step while we could easily, you know, reflexively tell someone else. Right. Um, it, it helps to build that, that empathy, you know, muscle. It helps to build that compassion because you understand that other people are going through what we're going through. So all the struggles that you've had, as much as you've inspired me and others and other colleagues of ours, you know, it's, it builds the compassion and it, and it starts to make it a less hostile, with, hostile place to share our confusion and uh, what we think are mistakes or missteps, but actually we find out are useful for some other purpose. Well, and that gift of humility really helps us maintain that curious and courageous posture as well. And that's, uh, that's vital. I mean, I don't think I, 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 you, you become actually grateful for the, the inability to see your own work and your own self clearly. Um, because it, it, again, you, you give that gift to, to others. Um, and it's a kind of a virtuous cycle. It's been fantastic talking and catching up with you, Robert. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you're still with us, we appreciate your time and attention. Please connect with Dr. Robert Zeitlin at his Facebook page, Parents Like Us. And what's your website, Robert? It's robertzeitlin.com. And uh, his, you can check out his book there. Um, of course, it's always good to also hear from you at becreativeonpurpose.com. Now, remember the words of Epictetus, learning that does not lead to action is useless. So go out there, share your best work with those that need it. It really matters. Robert Zeitlin, thank you so much for your generosity being here and for all the great work that you do. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're still with us, we really appreciate your time and attention. Please connect with our guest wherever they live online. And it's always good to hear from you at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Now, remember the words of Epictetus. Learning that does not lead to action is useless. So go out there and share your best work with those that need it. It really matters.